welcome back. Episode number 80 of the New York Patriots podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside the coach, Brennan Luca. And today, we're going to be discussing the LaViolette rumors, Kachuk's impact on the game of the Rangers players and more. But first, just want to let you guys know to go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games and more. And yeah, let's get to it. And welcome back, guys. How's it going? So pretty good. good, pretty good. How about you guys? What was that voice? I don't know. I'm <laughs> so <that's... laughs> can we do a can we do a pod so, where we all so, do like so, no, 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 no. Full, voices? Can we do full that? disclosure? I'm a little stoned right now, and I was okay. like, play cool, play cool, play cool. Play cool. And that was and not you played, playing a cool. <laughs> and then you played it like 1940s radio announcer cool. It was like, ah, it went too cool. That was like birth of the cool right there. Oh, my God. That was the worst. Uh, We have to keep that. That was so embarrassing. I am such a fool. I'm doing just raspberries myself over here. Yeah, I feel cool because I have a new microphone. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a few drinks, too, so we're going to get wild tonight. All right, stir the pot. Here's the question. Who is the most? No, I'm just joking. All right. Uh, what is what is out of the gate here, though? We, we Nothing's hot right now, but has somebody got something hot? Man, it's we're, we're not even a minute in and we're already off the rails. And I off the rails. Fucking, I absolutely fucking love it. It's great. No, it's Memorial Day. Right I'm, I'm assuming we're starting with LaViolette. I, I mean, I don't know what you guys want to start. We, we're, again, we're already <laughs> off the rails. And yes, what is it, 45 seconds in? <laughs> That's pretty impressive. I'm I'm not even mad about it. No, no, no. I'll take. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like let's let's talk about Laviolette. Uh, we kind of talked about it in our pre pre recording. Um, I'm curious what your your thoughts are on it, Brett, because I feel like me and you might be similar. Yeah, I, honestly, I have no opinion about Laviolette or almost any other coach right now, with the exception of Babcock, as we've gone over in the last couple podcasts. I just like, does he seem like the right guy on paper? No, he seems like Gallant 2.0, I, I, you know. But honestly, with the way coaches are in this league and whatnot, I just don't have any insight into knowing whether or not, like, whether he's the one that can make it work. And maybe he even does a lot of the same things that Gallant does, but he has, like, he's 10% different. And that 10% different is what makes the players respond differently um uh, and and helps you know i've seen so many people that are dead set against it and are just like absolutely not and i get it he's he's like the most retread of retread you could possibly have i think but i i just i don't know that anyone is actually in a position to say that that means it won't work so i i just have no opinion if they get him fine if they get somebody else fine as long as it's not like an actual piece of shit abusive coach then i'm good so that like eliminates two people from the list so where are you at with it that's so interesting because i'm kind of i feel like we're both in the minority when we talk about this because i am kind of in the same boat of like look there may he might be terrible but like to sit there and for me for me to say i know how this is going to end i don't no one does. Everyone, I felt like the vast majority of people love the Gallant hiring. Oh, yeah. So if that was the, you know, if, if we're going to sit here and say, you know, this is the, you know, the majority wants XYZ or, you know, or or, or Knobloch or whoever it is. Like, remember the last time you, the vast majority wanted one person uh, and that was Gallant. So it didn't really work out. Uh I also think that like 
Yeah, you could look at Laviolette. Laviolette was most recently in Nashville, correct? Washington. Was it Washington? Mm-hmm. He was, was he Nashville before that? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I it's it's really tough to grade a head coach on a few different experiences. Like we don't know, especially since we didn't follow those teams in, intently during those years. Like I, I mean, I didn't follow the Predators that that closely. I didn't follow the Capitals that closely. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of their roster construction. And like, I'm not saying Laviola is my guy. I'm just saying he's not, not my guy. Uh, And I think that that's also kind of what the Rangers are saying now. I mean, like the, the vast majority of people thought that uh, like Quenville was, was not even an option a week and a half ago. You know what I mean? And now like that kind of has resurfaced. So I think that, the longer it goes, the more you just got to take every grant, every parcel of information you get from the, from the media and take it with a grain of salt because it may or may not have any weight to it at all. It's it could really be coming from the coach's camp. What was that? Stock, it could be coming from the coach's camp as like a stocking or like, you don't know yeah. how much uh, that we're getting is actually true or someone's trying to play a little game here. However, yeah, I mean, like Kyle, Kyle Dubas literally just tried to, uh, like, negotiate his family in into the deal, basically, and it didn't work. You know what I mean? So, like, you don't really know all the information, and like, and maybe he was just trying to get out of Toronto. Who the hell knows? I know, I know, I switched continents really quick, right, right there. But it, it's a very similar type situation where you don't really know the intent of some of the things that are being said and where it's coming from either. So we really have, we're, we're really kind of all in the dark on this together. Yeah. Elliot Freeman said that if it's, he seems like the front runner from what people are saying. And if it is him, it feels like we'd find out in the next week. Yeah. But how many times has he posted a rumor like that? And then it turned out to be absolutely nothing close to that too. So like still grain of salt sort of stuff. No, no, no. Fair. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just also it was mentioned in the athletic uh Arthur Staples article that it appears that Babcock, Babcock is out. Um and the Rangers have been to do they did their due diligence and that's all it was. Yeah, I mean look, I think that you as I said, like that wouldn't surprise me. Um I always think it's really smart idea to just bring in anyone who you want to, to, to interview, like just cause you interviewed someone doesn't mean you have to hire them. Doesn't mean they're your number one I think It's just, especially for a young general manager. Uh, it's, he's kind of doing it the right way. He's taking his time with it so far. So uh, I, I think we're, you know, I know I was completely wrong on my initial timeline of how long this was going to take uh i think a few pods ago i, I said that it was going to take like two weeks man i was freaking stupid i've been I, I i hit i nailed a few bets in there in the middle of the playoffs but man i have been fucking ice cold since you were way off yeah so i would uh i would i would fade me on anything that i bet uh in the upcoming week so uh what do you, what do you, you think is going to happen in the dallas night series you know 
I think the Knights are going to win it regardless. Uh, but I also said that about Miami after they went up 3-0. So who the hell knows? I'm talking. I just switched to the NBA for those who aren't paying attention to Miami and uh, Boston. Um, it's it's similar. It's weird. It's like the the Heat go up three nothing. Knights go up three nothing, and now they're you know the uh, Heat and Celtics. I believe play tomorrow in Game Seven. Uh, yeah. Celtics forced Game uh, Seven last night on an an absolute miracle play with like point two seconds left in the game. It was absolutely sick. Um, yeah. and then uh, I mean the Stars are kind of defying logic winning the last two games without Jamie Ben after he tried to murder someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, apparently he slept team. or something. Oh yeah. What was yeah. it? Whatever. I mean, yeah, no, one imagine if he no, I'm doing that. Sorry, I was saying that sarcastic. He tried to slice someone's throat open. Yeah. He slipped. Yeah. Yeah. He also, no, I was saying that sarcastic. Stab somebody with it too. So, you know, um, that was an accident as well. But yeah, uh, no, I'm with you. Although I will say that, like, to me, it's not all that surprising. What's surprising is a team goes down three nothing and then actually has the uh, the confidence and the wherewithal to actually come out and perform. But to me, what was so shocking was the first three games, I was like, this is not the Dallas team. So I watched a fair amount of Dallas games this year. My, my cousin, my best friend, he lives down in Dallas. He's a Stars fan as well as a Canucks fan. Uh, and I also really just like a lot of their young players a, a, a lot. There's, uh, it's a very likable team. They're going to oh, be so it's such a like. Good. I mean, I've never given a shit. I've always been like middle of the road to slightly disliking the stars my whole life until like last year. And then I'm like, damn, I like so many of these guys. I'm really pulling for them. So I watched a fair amount of their games this year. And these first three games, I mean, I thought they were going to wipe the floor with the Knights, to be perfectly honest. Because when Dallas is playing how they should be playing, they should wipe the floor with the Knights. Like Aiden Hill, I had Aiden Hill off and on my fantasy team this whole last year. I never saw this goalie play. He yeah. is in fuego right now and a big reason why they're stymied. But Dallas, the first few games, was not playing like themselves. Last two games, I'm like, that's the team I saw. If they can keep that going, they can pull an 0-4 Boston Red Sox uh Berkey in 2004 the Boston the Red minute Sox, the minute you said three games the Boston nothing Sox, against the New York Yankees <laughs> I that anyway that's, that's still I, I, I think I I think they can pull it off I'm with you though I think the Knights probably take one of these next two uh unfortunately but yeah I mean I, and I'll be honest I actually I still haven't gotten a series wrong in the west I've nailed every series um who'd you have coming out of the west then I have Dallas Nice, me too. Um, but like at the beginning of the series, I'm like, I actually kind of think Vegas might take this. But then, like for me, I kept going back to equalizer and net being Ottinger. I did not see Aiden Hill fucking doing this. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just gonna be hard for Dallas to win four in a row. That's that's the real thing. Um, but if they win, if they win Game Six, anything can happen on games in Game Seven. So that that would be that would be really cool. Well, I mean, it's until 2004 that it never happened in any any of the four major sports. Yeah, I mean, absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully they can do it. Yeah, so that's very much like La Violette. Yeah, going back to La Violette here. I, I was, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be <laughs> a dead horse. Here. Yeah, I'm not gonna be to do that. I'm not gonna be the dead horse here. We well, we've been talking about coaches the past three weeks because the Rangers just yeah to not I'm, give us any anything to talk about besides that. Um, with LaViolette, I, I kind of agree with you guys. Like the things I'm concerned about is like obviously it's a question of 
how, what he can do with the kids. You know, there's questions what he did with Washington, but then you have examples in Nashville and Philadelphia. Then there's the concern. Well, he hasn't really been Carolina. successful. I'm sorry, um, not Carolina, Philadelphia. No, no, I said uh, no, and Carolina. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he walked up there. Yeah. Yeah, and. I mean, the dude, the dude is taking teams to three Stanley Cup finals. That's no, no, pretty he he has, but is it, I mean, why then, right, has it been so long since, since he's been successful? And on top of that, is he, can, can he bring the best out of Cago Lafreniere? Like, everyone Look, says, I'll, huh? Sorry, go. I'm uh, sorry, I was going to answer the question. No, because it, it seems that everyone's saying, see, the player's coach didn't work, so let's go to like you don't you don't need a friend you need a coach right mm-hmm. so let's go to the other side you need to bring the hammer down i you just because one didn't work doesn't mean you don't have to go to the other extreme it could be you have to have a middle ground now obviously that's asking for perfection which in NFL yeah coaches you can't have but it, it just seems like with laviolette people say he brings the hammer down how much and does he know when to do it because I mean, look, I'll, I'll, he's going into a delicate locker room right now. I wouldn't say it's a delicate locker room. I mean, I would say it's a locker room that I, I feel like the locker room is actually is pretty strong. Um, delicate's not the right word. I, I wouldn't say. I, I would say. No, I wouldn't say. A, I'd it's say a, it's a vulnerable locker room. Yeah, and but, by but vulnerable, it's perilous. Yeah, and by by vulnerable, I, I don't. I mean, I think that like the right coach can send the entire team in one direction and the opposite of it, the wrong coach could send it in the opposite, you know, a bad direction. Um, So I do understand what you're saying. I I don't, I don't, I don't think it, when I, when I say it's not a a bad locker room and and I'm saying that in the sense that uh, there's a lot of good guys in there like i don't think there's one douche schnozzle oh no that's not room. what i meant i that's, just meant that, because... yeah like that's i always whenever i hear that i think of like terrell owens being in the locker room or someone who's just a, a me 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 guy I, and i quite frankly i don't even think they have a me guy in the locker room um so i maybe they don't have enough uh some guy who's just gonna say me i'm gonna shoot the puck um See, i think it's that. terrell owens right now to be perfectly honest i, I know right Theo was the best man. Uh, he's such a douche. But he, by the I, way, I, I waited. I've waited on him a few times. That motherfucker is peeled. He is so jacked. It's unbelievable. It's like there's. He, he's, he's, he's he's very he's very just like curtain to the point. Like he's not like a very like jovial guy or anything like that. He's just yeah. He he wasn't a dick or anything. He was just he wasn't like cool. You know what I mean. I um, I love him forever for when he went to the the when he went to the star and down oh, yeah. the field. That was that was one of the best things I ever saw. I hate the Cowboys, so I'll I'll take that. It was amazing. I just yeah. love that. I, I got a soft spot for for guys that are just kind of a menace like that. I don't know. Yeah, they're fucking hilarious. They're fun, but yeah, we don't we don't we don't we don't have that kind of guy in our locker room, so we don't really have to worry about. I don't think any huge, massive, contentious egos, at least that we're aware of. I, I'm always. I still want to know stuff that happened, you know, even a few years ago in the locker room and find out. Cause sometimes you hear stuff like 15 years later, like, geez, I had no idea that was going on. So, you know, I don't like, know. Am I a fan of Laviolette? No, but it's like, you see the coaches that are in Eastern conference finals, right? Some of them were questionable. So like, it just, 
you you never know. And obviously, since no matter how much you follow other teams, you don't follow them like, you know, those B-Riders or those people. So you never really see what the coach's system is, you know, how they handle uh, the relationship between them and the players. Um, and heck, we don't even know what his system is, besides the fact that we know or uh, that I've seen that he he has his defense be very aggressive offensively, um, which could obviously end up with on-man rushes against. Uh, and, and we don't even know what the situation with breakout, right? Because the breakout is one of the major things this team has got to fix. I mean, you could have given them two minutes alone with no one on them and they would not be able to figure out how to get it out of the defensive zone. That's, that's, that's how bad it was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, the one thing that I'll say about LaViolette is that he, he took, um, obviously he's taken three separate teams to the, to the cup final. Um, and on none of those teams was there a Crosby or, uh, I mean, obviously, like he he had Ovechkin in, in Washington, and that didn't work out. Um, but he had old yeah, but the, but the, what was that? Yeah, I mean, he took over the Capitals as they were like aging out of contention, though. Too. Yeah, exactly, and like so. He, but my point is, is like he's brought the Predators, who, you know, when the Predators were, he brought the Predators to the Cup final, right? He was the coach then. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yep. Trotz had left at that point. Um. They lost to Pittsburgh, like in their fucking prime, like big, like big fucking. Yeah, game. but also a lot of people forget Ryan Johansson broke his leg in the East, the Western Conference Finals. Oh, so yeah, like, right. So the Penguins won in six against the Predators, and that was they didn't have their second line center. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, you know, it's he. My point is, is that he went very far with three different franchises that didn't have a Hall of Fame uh, franchise-type player leading the way, kind of in, in the vein of like a Crosby or a right, yeah. McDavid or something like that. It's a safe, safe option. And it's just, you have a person in the AHL who, you know, when we talk about uh, Cooper or Bennett, like all these people, like that's where they start. And it's, if you didn't have a person like that and maybe you were confident about the other uh, newer or would-be new coaches, then I get it. But if you have a person like that in your system, it's just I, – I get it if he's going for the safer option because, I don't know, there's maybe pressure from Dylan, but it's uh, it's frustrating that it seems to be the same thing over and over. And while it may not be exactly like go on, I, I have a very hard time believing that, like – when it comes to October, sure, first opening night, you have Lafreniere and Kaku in the top six. And then a couple of games later, they're on the third line again with on the second power play. Like it's it seems like it's the same thing over and over and over again. Okay. But my my issue is, is that people I feel like just want Knoblock because they don't know anything about him. That is not a reason to get a head coach. It, it's a high like, risk, high reward. Uh, it's a high risk, high reward. Well, with it's just a safe option. And first of all, you don't even know how he does with, you know, the young players. But no one, but no one does, no one does with, with anyone else too. Like 
Exactly. That's my point. Like Quinn, Quinn was brought in because, you know, like, oh, he's a college coach. Oh, I don't mean just because it's a new coach not. doesn't mean he's going to be great. No, I mean, if we have no, Quinn, like, that no, was no, I mean, Knobloch could come in and when he's head coach, he could be a fucking petty tyrant that doesn't want to play Cocker and gets on their asses and ruins their confidence too. Like, we don't fucking know. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. There's only so many ways I can say, like, I, that I, I don't trust literally any fucking buddy when it comes to what they're going to project out for the future. I, I, I trust certain people from their analysis of what has happened in hockey. But it's just like, I made a tweet the other day just about, like, um, how many people, like, I seriously remember so many people talking about the Kachuk, Huberdeau, Uyghur trade, and like, man, Florida just, you know, what a joke. They just lost Huberdeau. And Uyghur, their defense sucks. There's no way they're going to do anything. And it's like, there were so many people from literally experts on fucking panels to fucking just random Twitter accounts roasting them for that. And I was like, I think they still won that trade. And they fucking did win the trade. Not say that, oh, I, I'm so great. I can predict the future. I'm wrong about shit all the fucking time. But I'm just saying anyone that, that tries to say what the future is going to hold for this stuff is like, it just, it's fucking no, You can never know when it could be that he's okay. obviously uh, successful. It's, case in it, point. Case in point, what if Florida wins the cup this year and then Calgary wins the cup next year? Who won the trade? They both right. they both fucking did. Like yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like like Florida, yeah, they, they won the immediate part of the trade, but like Calgary could very easily like they got a high high prospect back. They got Uyghur and they got Huberto. Uh with a new head coach and like, you know, Laviolette, because he's really good if he goes that way. Um <laughs> But like, you know what I mean? Like they, it's no one fucking knows. Like, yeah, you have your immediate reaction to shit. Like my point with Gallant, like everyone really liked that one. So I don't know. I just, the, I feel like the majority of my, my, my point about it was, the, my, and I, I understand um, the hesitation because you want someone who you'd rather take someone who doesn't have a track record of playing veterans Basically, because you want that person who has the It's not just that. I also like that. I don't remember if Vince mentioned it. But with him, and it, it could be Laviolette. I don't believe he does, though. If I read the article correctly. Uh, with Knobloch, it just seems like he changes. Like, if something doesn't work, goes back to the drawing board, right? Like, he, he's willing to change even drastically sometimes. And I'm not saying it's Laviolette, but yeah, it tends yeah. to be in you know, reruns. It tends no, to be and in I, reruns I read... that they're very strict in their ways yeah and I, I i get it too because you know i get both sides of it like the, the guys who have had success have had success because they you know they're they're pretty smart and they know what they're doing they didn't fall like laviolette didn't like ass backwards fall his way into three stanley cup final appearances with three different franchises yeah um you know like there's like like as much as like we want to make it seem like these guys don't know what they're doing or they suck or whatever you know from job the job like it's really hard they a lot of them are really freaking good at what they do um like my i lost my train of thought there. honestly my thing is like there's like i was losing wood guys maybe like four great head coaches in the nhl and then yeah. maybe there's like 50 percent of the rest are mediocre and then the other 50 percent are like hot garbage let me tell you but those four aren't even in the fucking finals right now so like yeah it, it, to be it, fair it, one of them did have two of two of his top six. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. Yeah, and then he gave a press conference where he said they didn't. Okay, leave. I'm not. I'm not justifying that. I'm. Yeah, ju I'm just, yeah, yeah. No, I get. I get it. I get it. No, no. I'm. I'm just busting your balls. Yeah. I love. I love Rod. I was. 
I'm not, I'm not going to say what happened because you've seen teams do stupider things and knee jerk reactions. So it was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if like the next day he's like, you know, we, we need a new coach here. Cause, and it sounds so stupid. And you think that, Oh, it'll never happen. Cause of course it never should happen, but you just see. So I, I got a story. Sorry. No, you're right. It'd be fucking awesome if he became available. Uh, it's never going to happen, but it's just, we've no. seen teams do stupider stuff. Um, did I ever share the story how I, I they came into my restaurant, the Hurricanes, uh, oh. when Rod Brendamore's first year, this is when I was living in L.A., uh, Rod Brendamore's first year, and uh, it was probably the least National Hockey League move I've ever seen done. So it was for, I think it was, it was definitely Rod Brendamore. It wasn't my table, but it was Rod Brendamore and three other guys. And, uh, they all they all got you know their 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 dinner. I think maybe they had like one beer each or something like that. As I walked by, I saw it. Um, by the way, no one in the restaurant fucking knew who they were. I was the only hockey fan, so I was like, yeah, it's Rod Brendamore. Um, and you're like they're like who? And you're like Rod the Bod. And he's like yeah, yeah. star. And you're like no. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but the funny thing was was that they all paid separate checks. I'm like what. Oh, are you fucking that is fucking bananas it blew my fucking mind and i'll never forget it because i'm like man the carolina hurricanes are the cheapest organization in <laughs> if they don't have a fucking expense report for a team for uh the coach's dinner at like then they all like none of them got like an entree that was more than like 20 dollars or something like that wow. I, I can't remember i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me that you all wow. split this check and it drove me insane and as a bartender for about 13 years People who fucking split checks are psychopaths. I cannot stand you. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my Rod the Bod story. Good, good story. Good story. Let's move on from coaches. I feel like we've, we've unless you got something else to add there. No, I mean, we've basically beaten this into the ground over and over and over again. So um, I actually had a question for you both, um, or maybe a theoretical, even though it kind of seems like it will definitely happen. Um, everyone sees what Kachuk's doing now, right? Uh, the toughness, I hate saying the word grit, but grit. Um, do you think there's going to be a team that does this, that takes out the wrong stuff from it? Like, oh, it's just the grit. And then in the off season, someone pulls off the stupid version of a Kachuk trade. I think it's always a possibility when anyone in any sport sees success, there's always copycats. Like anytime, like you, you could tell in football, uh, like the Steelers win a Super Bowl with a three, four defense, three, four defenses are like the fad for the next like three years. Um, you know, and then it ebbs and flows. It goes back and forth. Um, sports always do this. So yes, I will think, I, I do think that there's going to be a, like kind of an added bonus or premium on the power forward skill no so what players. i'm saying is they're gonna they're gonna take out the wrong thing and think it's grit not grit plus skill because that no, seems I, I, I understand i i understand but i'm just saying like that's that's what they're gonna rationalize it as um you know whether or not it's valued properly is a completely different conversation but i do think that you're gonna see teams that go yes we need uh a uh skill but we also need, you know, the quote unquote grit. And I, I do think that there is merit to that. Uh, but you're right in the sense that there are going to be some teams that maybe uh, 
misjudge it or quantify it a different or possibly wrong way. And it's not going to be effective. Now I think there is going to be, you're going to see a run on Kachuk type players uh, get drafted higher in the coming years, um, which may or may not pay dividends later on. um, But I think you're going to see it more in the draft than free agency. How much is Lucic? Lucic is a UFA. How much do you think someone's going to sign him to? I don't know. I don't know if like people like Luch are gonna like get anything anymore because the book is out on them being way overpaid. It, is it though? Because I I don't know. I feel like it's just a cycle over and over and over again. And a Kachuk, a thing like a Chuck would you're, like. No, you're you're gonna see those. You're gonna see those guys get not Luchich. Luchich is not gonna. I I don't think get another big payday. He might sign with someone, which is fine. But like you're not. No, I'm not saying Lucic. he's gonna be get the big contract. But I think he's got to get a contract where people. Are looking at the team like, what are you doing? No, I I, I agree. I think that's going to happen. I think it's going to happen for a number of people. You know, it's kind of a good thing the Rangers don't have cap this year. Yeah, probably is. Uh, at least we know that we're comfortable that we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, yeah. that is a that is a good thing. Yeah, Lucic. I think that you're going to see it more in the draft, though. Is is I, my final thesis, though. Yeah. No, because. Grit does matter in the playoffs, but it it matters when the player also has that skill or brings another element with it. Grit alone yeah. is just nothing. No, you yeah, want to play the game of hockey. You get nowhere though. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's why, like, like Lucic, he, he's not going to get anything. I mean, kidding me? First off, the guy hasn't scored like more than like twenty points in like eight years, and he's also like ninety-four years old. So, like, like it, there's but someone will buy it. Someone will I definitely. Think, oh, buy no, it. I think some people will pick him up, but but they're not gonna. He's not gonna get any sort of big payday or any sort of big. Contract. But no, but let me ask you a question: Is it a bad idea to go after Lucic to put on your fourth line for a million dollars? No, it's not. No, I don't no, think that's, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. someone pays him more than that. I'm not saying no. six million, but I'm saying no. enough to say, "What are you doing?" Right, but that's what that's what I mean, though. Is that like, and, and I agree with Luca that I don't think because when you say like, is there gonna be a run on like kind of players or whatever? I'm like, or Kachuk like players? I'm like. I don't think there fucking is Kachuk like players. Like that dude yeah. is a fucking true anomaly. I mean, really. I mean, there's other power forwards. There's other guys that play with great. Well, like I think not like Matthew like, Kachuk, but it's like him. Guys like Braden Point who are under it. Like you know, they get to those dirty areas, those rough areas, and generate plays. Um, I'm he's still a on different a animal right though because he, because he, I'm, he may not be Kachuk. It's not even just that he's he's got size and he's got and, he, and he's got skill. It's not even just that. It's also that he's a fucking in your face fucking player that gets under your skin puts all your focus on him until you realize like no he's actually already beat you and it's a totally different sort of thing like he is he's like he's like fucking three players in one he is like the fucking like uh like that brad marshan sort of like get it under your skin grit antagonist sort of thing he's messy he's so many fucking things and that's why i don't think and, and i mean unless the league is dumber than i think I think people realize that, that he is somewhat of an outlier and you can't just find him. However, I do think what Lucas said is where you're going to see that is I think that type of player in the draft is going to start having their draft rankings climb up because there's been a lot of, and I'm not even on this whole soft European kick. I'm not, that's not me. Um, but I think there's going to be some stuff in the league with that where people are going to be thinking, hey, that really slender slight you know, guy that dazzles its oh, you know, dazzles over in, in, in Europe. 
Maybe not him. Maybe we get that fucking Canadian farm boy that's six foot four and also has wicked hands and like you know hits everything that moves. I think that guy might get more of a look than they have in the last few years. But you're going to have those teams that say, "Hey, look, that guy's six five and he knows how to hit. He must be good." And that guy ends up not having good hands or anything, and they still value that. That's, that's I mean, that that's going to happen. That's going to happen as long as they play hockey. So yeah, it, I mean, that's is, it is. But I think it's going to be reignited even more because of Kachuk. Because they're going to be are those GMs? Is going to be all? They're going to be those people that take. That, yeah, that don't that. take out the right conclusion to this. I'm looking at like players that you could consider that really a lot of them in UFA. Um, I'm just trying to think of a team who would do something like that. I I think Boston's going to bring Lucic back. Yeah. I can see it. There's a bunch of teams I hope... I hope fucking the aisle do, does that. Well, yeah. Will loves his fourth liners. The devil's like, man, we're way too fast and young. We gotta get, we gotta get some big lumbering assholes on our team. Yeah, the identity line needs to needs a new identity. Yeah, no, I fuck, goddamn, I hate that name. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not saying Luchi's is getting six million, but I think someone's gonna be stupid enough to give him more than he's worth. Alrighty, what, what do we? But any, anyway, anyway. Back still on Kachuk here. Who's an unt- untouchable on the Rangers when it comes to a Kachuk trade? No one. No one. No one. Zero. Not even Fox. Nope. Not even Shesterkin. Nope. I would say Fox and Shesty. I would. Those would my be my two priorities to keep. No, I mean, I mean that's logical and it's perfectly defensible, and I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just saying for me, I'd rather have Kachuk than anybody. I'd probably say those are two, my two untouchables. Nick Chuck and anything else goes. Yeah. I I I thought that'd be a little bit more. No, I mean I, I get what I get what you're saying. I get what you're getting at. I mean, I would I would agree. I think that uh I mean, I think that's a really interesting question. Would you trade Adam Fox for a Kachuk? Yeah, I would. No, no, number one defensemen are just. Yeah, I know. I mean, I I, I get it, just but then not, and he's not just any number one defenseman. I mean, he is not What What do you mean? No, no. I I mean, there are those number one defensemen, and then there there are those number one defensemen who like historic numbers and all that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's close, it's close, but um. For me, anyway, I'm not trying to argue or say you guys. It's also it's also such a hard recency by seeing Kachuk do this magical run in the playoffs. Like that's that's a really hard thing to not take into consideration. You know what I mean? When all you want to do is win cups, and he's in the cup final now. Yeah, honestly, but and to be perfectly honest, it's not even about that for me. Like, uh, he's been so he's been so good for so long. Not so long, but. Yeah. I, I love how he plays his game and what he does. And I, I don't think this is like a magical one-off run. Like he's going to keep doing this for a while. No, I, I kind of agree, actually. I think this could really be the start of like a run. Like I know everyone's comparing the Panthers to the Kings, um, but they could be good for a number of years now. And I don't see how they don't win the cup. I, I, I honestly, it's not just, they could face any team with any roster. It just feels like they are destined to win. No matter yeah, what, it's, it's 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 like the Blues. 
they're yeah. going to win, period. It doesn't matter yeah. what the logic or reasoning mm-hmm. or the other team's roster, they're winning. Yeah. Who would you have right now as a Conn Smythe winner? I, I know we're talking about Kachuk, but him or Bobrovsky? I mean, it's Bobrovsky because he's going to ride into the Hall of Fame with that. I get people... Oh, come on. No, not none no, of no, you picked up no, my, no, no. my Bobrovsky Hall of Fame thing right there. Come on. Now that now now that my boys made it as far as Carey Price ever did, I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it, too. I really do. I, I really think it do. should be Bobrovsky. It's just like everyone loves points, points, or goals, goals. And it wasn't just goals. It was, what, three clutch goals? Three, three game-winning three goals, too. Three game-winning goals. Overtime, like, it, yeah. It's yeah. close. But it it's, is, it's close. But I, I think it's Bobrovsky. Like, if Bobrovsky is average in the Stanley Cup final and Kachuk keeps this going and they win, yeah, then, then it goes to Kachuk. But I, I think it's Bobrovsky's to lose as of now. I could also see the Panthers losing in, like, seven games. And I could see Bobrovsky winning the fucking Consumite if he, like, has, like, another amazing series and just happens to lose and, like, Jack Eichel doesn't have a good final or some shit like that. When's the last time the losing team had the Consumite Had a player win the Sorry, it was it was JS uh, Jaguar who was the losing player who won the contest. Oh yeah, he what did it right? against the Devils, I believe. Right? What year was that? Two thousand three. I'm. I think. Yeah, when was it was, was two thousand three, and you know who his head coach was? It was a lot of people. Him or Babcock? No, yeah, it was it was Babcock's first year. He took the Anaheim, then Mighty Ducks to the finals. Um. I believe that was. That's a lot of information if I was wrong. But yeah. Um, what else we got? You moving into so any anyways, um, before we get to stir the pot here, um are we ready to ruin our financial stability this February with the stadium series? We're talking tickets that are probably gonna be worth more than where we live and jerseys. No, you know what? No, you know what I, I just I, there's so many seats in that stadium that like it kind of balances it out. Now, obviously, like you know, you could go to like the nicer places and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I I, I mean, I've never been to a uh, Winter Classic or Stadium Series. I know my brothers have. So I, I went actually, last time, last Rangers. It wasn't that bad price. It was not. It's yeah. It, 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 it's MS. It's more of um, it's going on more than anywhere else. But. Yeah, no. It would make sense that it's cheaper to go see the Rangers at uh, where the Mets play than the actual Rangers play. Does it seem weird though that they're is not that, playing is the that Devils? Is that where it's yeah. at? Is yeah. that City Field? That's where they're doing it. Okay. Shouldn't they be playing the Devils? Yeah, I, I, you know, I kind of feel that way too, honestly. Like they're both contending. They're playing right the now. Islanders, right? Yeah, they're both yeah. contending right now. Like you have in Jersey City Field, it, it feels much more right to have the two contending teams in the tri-state area and also like both have a strong claim to be the home team there at least with the devils at least they're fucking you well know. rangers can't rangers can't because of the msg agreement with tax purposes because yeah. they get if away they play a lot of game outside of the garden then they lose their lease yeah and well they, no they, they have they... to pay rent right right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah they're um because they get away with a lot of um that is sure tax insane. and all that um yeah. and the only reason why in the COVID bubble they were able to is because there's an act of God clause in the agreement. Ah, so COVID was caused by God? That's funny. Mm. 
I, I didn't write the contract, man. You, you want to go to you want to go to the person that wrote the contract. I don't know what to tell you. That's fucking bullshit. It was I, I looked it up. Yeah, it was yeah, honestly, by... like the city, the stadium series games and then the uh, the outdoor games always look cool. You know, I like watching them and whatnot. But I always feel like I don't feel like it's a very good spectator sport. Like you're so much further away than you are in a real NHL arena. Like yeah, I've never been. Like I'm curious how it's going to be watching. Would be less it's really a lot of it is the atmosphere yeah i guess. I mean well when i was there it was so cold um and my friend's phone didn't break it like froze up when he had to go inside because it was not working anymore um, yeah my brothers my brothers have gone to like the one in philadelphia that year that was like fucking freezing and i was like yeah just so happy i'm not there for that uh <laughs> when jt yeah, I mean, scored the overtime winning goal everyone's like celebrating and then like right after okay let's go like everyone's like yeah. rushing to the end it is yeah. freezing yeah i've been to a few football games and it's not fun uh when it's like that so i don't know uh, i mean I'll, I'll definitely highly consider buying a jersey uh depends if it's cool or not uh, you know i don't know uh well the past liberty jersey uh, hasn't been really successful the past liberty jerseys you said both no i i, I don't mind them i don't love them though. no I i'm just saying record wise we've just been terrible oh with, yeah. what do you mean Oh, well, this year was a dis- jersey. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, year yeah. was disaster. Yeah, well, we're like, we're like one no, in seven I, in the fucking reverse retro. I, th- I thought you were talking about the actual jerseys that they do for the stadium series. Oh, the I was like, I was like, no, those jerseys, like they, I think they wore, they ended up wearing. The Islanders will have a different type of orange for their jersey or something. Yeah, I don't care what the Islanders. That should go back to the stupid old wizard guy thing when they fucking suck. You mean the fisherman? Yeah, he always looked like a wizard to me though, so I was calling him a wizard guy. Um... Fucking yeah, when what's his name? Fucking Milbury was a fucking coach. I mean, I loved that era so much because they were just such hot trash. Oh, it was so satisfying. Anyway, moving on. What's the next question? Well, that's that's you. You got to stir the pot. Oh, let's stir the pot. All right. This is gonna be a good one. All right. Stir the pot. What New York Ranger had the most disappointing season to you last year? This is include the playoffs, by the way. Yeah, last season. It's the whole season. Okay, okay. You can say regular season. Okay, season. Who had the most disappointing? However you want to qualify that, whether that's in terms of development, in terms of overall production, in playoff performance, however you want to do it, just to you, who was the most disappointing New York Ranger this last season? I think it's it's hard to – it's obviously a hard question. That's the point of it. Um, you know, a lot of people had pretty good years. Uh you know, it's hard to really for me to say this guy was terrible all year on defense, or I, I really didn't like his thing um that he did all year. Obviously, it's not anyone in net. Um, I mean, you can't really pinpoint anyone on the fourth line because I mean, how much are you expecting out of them to begin with? Uh I'm gonna unfortunately. Uh, it's really just because he set the bar so high uh, and he did not, you know, it's it's not necessarily that he didn't play great or anything like that, but he played good. He didn't play great. Uh, and that was Kreider. Um, I, I don't think he had as, obviously he had a magical year the year before. So it's, it was going to be disappointing no matter what, maybe that's a bit of a cop out. Uh, but I think Kreider, 
I think he disappeared in the playoffs after those uh, power play goals in the first few games. Um, and when you have a chance to eliminate someone, you need your you need your leaders uh, to step up. And he is one of your leaders. And I don't think he did. Um, and yeah, my answer would be Kreider. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. Um, it, it, it's tough because the playoffs, but like Panarin's about to have ninety points or more than ninety points, right? And but in the playoffs, they just did not show up. It's I'm kind I'm kind of gonna I'm gonna say Lafreniere. Yeah, Lafreniere. I'm not gonna say yeah. it's a hundred percent on him. There's definitely fault with the organization. Oh, yeah. That doesn't blame. No, yeah, no, no. But I'm just just saying why. But there is on there is still on him. And my gosh, he really has to get it together this offseason. Skating coach, whatever you got to do. It's definitely disappointing while Kako didn't break out. While Hito had like inconsistent, you know, breakouts. At least they showed something. They showed. Yeah you know, potential to show those sparks that you're like, okay, we have something here. With Lafreniere, it was just his basic one to two highlight real goals a year. And then that's it. He was a passenger on every line. Even the kid line, when they were great, he still seemed like the third. Like he he looked good, but he still seemed like the passenger. Um, I would agree. And I don't know what it is, but that's got to be that's got to be fixed yeah yeah no i mean that's a good answer too i mean i think uh you know a lot of us had maybe tenuous high hopes for him this season that that he would break out and then he obviously you know still hasn't um i i think a lot of people myself included have completely recalibrated our if not our expectations our hopes for where he's going to end up um, I feel like every year has just gone from being like, oh man, he's going to be, you know, the next big thing to being like, he's still going to be, uh, you know, an all-star to being like, can he be a good player? Can he be a yeah. good, a good, good NHL or maybe, you know, and I hope we don't have to keep on lowering that bar for him, but that's an excellent answer. Um, uh, honestly, Kreider is too, because man, he was very disappointing as well. So I like both those answers. Uh, mine is gonna piss off some people, I think, but I, I, yeah. I, I, I know who I, it is. I know exactly who it is. I, who, 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 say it. who do you think it would have picked? Oh, it's Panera, Adam Fox. No, it's not. It's not either of those. Okay, good. I'm being way off board. All right, this guy, and it's not that he played bad or he, that he didn't have a good season. It's not that. It's that when you wind back to what people thought he was gonna do this year. There were people that were seriously saying he might be a Norris contending defenseman. And Keandre Miller did not take a next step this year, uh, this last year. He was fine, but he was basically the same last year, this past season, as he was the year before. Um, he, had he was actually better. Or, or just for me, he was actually better, much better this season before. Yeah, at the end, especially at the end of it, yeah. Oh, at the uh, end of it, he was a monster. Yeah, and and I think people, myself included, because I remember I drafted him my hockey team. And I'm like, dude, he's gonna fucking break out and show some people, and he just didn't. If if he, it was static to slightly down from where he was, and definitely for my own expectations. Now I'm not saying did he have a, a categorically disappointing year as a New York Ranger? No, 
but I'm saying disappointing to me for what my expectations were based off what he had started to do the year before. We wanted to see him rushing to the puck more, being a more puck-moving defenseman. We also wanted to see him being more physical um, and, and, and also gaining a little bit more defensive awareness and not having those lapses, which kind of plagued him and Truba, that pairing, kind of all year long where they're both out of position chasing and whatnot. Um, so that is a player just because I, I and many, many others thought he was going to, you know, become a top flight um, NHL defenseman. And he was, he was just okay. And so that's my pick for most disappointing Rangers this past season. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely fair. Uh, I, I was actually thinking him. The reason why I didn't is because, at least unlike Lafreniere, he did show those sparks in January yeah. and February. Like, yeah. that was a really... And it was also that the first half of the season, remember, his partner, whatever it was, it was rumored that he was badly injured, whatever it was, he was really, really bad. And it doesn't matter how great you play your partner's play will affect you. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just bad. It was really, really bad. And all of a sudden when Truba got a little better, that's when Miller, that's when he had his, or apparent breakout. Um, and then it seemed, I don't know what it was. It was either the end of February, I think roughly that time, but then all of a sudden it, it fell apart. Um, but I, at least he showed this for us. Oh, listen, I have hundred percent confidence. I, I don't think it's going to be a Norris. Uh, couldn't be a number two. I I think absolutely. And remember, he did have over forty points without you know the first power. Oh, play, yeah. Let alone power play time. That's pretty impressive. I think he's. I think he's. Yeah. Again, not Norris, but he's due to have a real big step. I I, I believe he has the athleticism um, to be a much much better and more impactful player this next year. So yeah, I have high hopes for him all over again. Like a player who's that tall or that big that has that reach of a stick, like it's insane. Like that. And then he also has that speed. How, how do you get past a guy like that? If he works on the, not the brains of, I guess the brains of hockey, like, you know, to play smart. It's, yeah, it's, it's the defensive awareness. Yeah. The defensive awareness. Yeah. I, I remember though at the, what was it? What was, I, I'm trying, I don't remember exactly, but she's not this season, last season where it was the second half and he was starting to get better and better by the time playoffs came around, he was a monster. The thing everyone was always saying is that he was incredible uh, stick checking. Incredible. If only he got physical, then that's yeah. the total package. Um, yeah. I, I feel like not only did he get away from that physicality, he got away from the stick checking as well. A few times he had incredible plays, but he just didn't at games. He just did not seem like himself. I don't yeah. know what it was, but yeah, no, no, I, I agree with what you said. Anyway, um, we got a top five here to end it off. Uh, I'm pretty sure my list is going to be the worst, but why? I try to make sure Brett had a little time as possible, but yeah, you gave me fucking five minutes on this. Um, Dick. All right. So in honor of Memorial Day. Uh, we're recording uh, Sunday before Memorial Day. It's going to be top five U.S.-born players in the National Hockey League. Uh, and this is for me, this is players that I've seen play. Uh, I mean, you could do whatever you want. It's your freaking top five. But for me, number five, I'm going to throw Austin Matthews in there. Um, I know that that's young for him to be up there, but 
by the end of it all, he's going to be right up there uh, in the goal scoring conversation of all time best, in my opinion. He's he's going to be in the seven to eight hundred range when it's all said and done if he stays healthy. Um, uh, he's obviously when you get number one picks or when you are number one pick and you develop as an American that that's rare. Uh, so I, and he's, he's, uh, he's lived up to the hype. Um, and he, he is that good. Uh, so number five, Austin Matthews. Yeah, that's a good pick. I, I, when I, when you gave me fucking five minutes to, to figure this out, I just quickly started rattling off players and it was a mix of retired and, and current players. And then I realized that if I was going to have both, my list uh, there's no way for me to like actually make it make any sort of goddamn sense at all it's so hard so hard no, so yeah, I, decided, I only have one so i decided to go only retired players no current because that made it a little bit easier for me um so my number five and this one doesn't make a lot of sense for him to be number five the only reason he's number five is because i fucking hate him um but he is the 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 points leader for uh, American-born players, that's going to be Brett Hall. So, I mean, the guy was as pure of a sniper as it gets. He scored fucking 741 goals. No, he was born in Canada. No, he's not. Wait, did I mix it up with someone? Oh, wait, he is born in Canada. I thought he was born in America. No, he was born in Canada, but he Oh, but he, he played got... for Team USA. That's yeah, why yeah. I, I didn't have yeah, him on my list. He played for Team, U- Team USA because Team Canada slided yeah. him and, and turned him away. That's right. Oh, my God. I was like, I was like, man, okay. Well, yeah, you're right. All right, well, th- th- this is an easy substitution, then. very, very easy substitution then, because um, I also hate him, um, but it's uh, it's fine. Uh, uh Man, I hate saying his fucking name. I fucking hate him. But I'm going to do it anyway. It's going to be Jeremy Roenick, man. Jeremy Roenick. Mm. I've never liked him. The only thing, you know, my favorite thing about Roenick comes from the movie Swingers when Vince Vaughn says, yes. it's not so much me as it is Roenick. He's good. And that's my favorite thing about JR. And I, I don't even like him when he's a commentator. Hate him when he was a player. I'm not saying he's a bad guy or anything. I just, I never, ever liked him. But I mean, like fifth all-time points for American-born player, you got to give it up to him. So uh, swapped out Jr. Such a such a cool scene when they're playing Blades of Steel. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. And for Berkey, the youngest guy on the podcast, Blades of Steel was a game for. <laughs> that that I don't expect you to know. No. Do you even know oh, what a oh. Sega Genesis is? Oh what? Yeah. No. Oh no. That I know. Okay. I actually, I actually a long not time Dreamcast ago, Genesis. Yeah, no, a long time ago, I actually, okay. um, like I was eighth grade. The thesis that we all had this like it was an intense three month project. We got like an insane amount of pages essay. This what is it called? That board you you do the presentation, whatever it was. And I picked everyone had to pick these boring things, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do the history of consoles, and uh. Apparently they accepted it. I did not expect that. I thought they were going to yeah. reject it, and I thought I thought they were going to say no. Pick again. Uh, they did not, and that definitely made those three months a bit easier. So yeah. that was uh, um, right, all right. Five. All right, my number five. Um, and I feel like my list will not be the greatest, but uh, you know what? Fine. Wait, where is it? Oh my god! I don't. I don't need this right now. Yeah, Chris Chelios. Yeah. 
Makes Chris sense. Chris Um, I mean, well, he was. Oh my gosh, I had it all here, and then of course, right when I'm up, it, my Wi-Fi crashes. Third highest scoring American defenseman of all time. So yeah, he, he was. He started in 1983, and then ended in 2010. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, no, obviously he, he had he had like one of those weird years. long careers playing into his forties before like Brady and uh Chara did it. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, uh hundred uh thousand six hundred and fifty-one regular season games, uh fifth most in history. And is there any goaltender on any of your lists? Yeah. Wait, well, you got Richter in there, really? No, uh, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna get into it. I'm going number four. I'm going Mike Richter, baby. <laughs> and and people people can call me a homer. Cool, I get it. That's fine. I don't give a shit. But go watch the 1996 World Cup of Hockey and don't yeah. tell oh me, and do not tell me that he is one of the best born American players ever. His career was cut short because of concussions. Uh, I believe if it wasn't for that, it's just you know he he was so fucking good and. Theo Fleury in his biography, which if anybody wants a fucking biography to read, go read that biography. It starts with him drinking a bottle of whiskey or tequila or something in the middle of a desert night, and he has a handgun in his hand about to kill himself. I believe that's how the book starts on page one, so it just fucking keeps going from there. Um, but in the book, he he says the greatest single performance of a goalie in a game he ever saw was Mike Richter versus Canada in the yeah. 96 World Cup, yeah. uh, World Cup of Hockey. So, um, honestly, I might watch that at some point during the summer uh, when I need a Jones in for hockey. Uh, so, Mike Richter's number four for me, and I'm not sorry about it. No, 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 nor should you be. I, I, I debated having him in there, and I just decided I ended up liking all my other guys. I have on the list more, uh, with the exception of Brett Hall, obviously, but I just felt like I had to put him in there. But then that was fucking wrong anyway, but yeah. Mike Richter, and you're right. I watched that game, and I was rooting against them, which is odd for me because, uh, you know, I love Richter with all my heart, but I'm Canadian, so um, I was rooting for, for Canada. And, and it was just like, I I mean, people talk about, you know, goalies becoming a wall. I mean, it was just that. Like, he was just like, no, I'm just not going to let you score. Go fuck yourself, Canada. It was incredible. It was truly incredible to watch. And even though I was cheering against him, it was really – it still felt like that's my guy, you know, getting it done. Yeah, that was one of like it's like a core memory for me as a child that yeah. that watching that game. Yeah. Um you know, and it's it's tough to throw a goalie on here and not have uh Barrasso in. Um obviously if you're talking about American born players, but uh he was a penguin, so fuck him. Yeah, yeah. That's my logic. So yeah, yeah. stick to it. If you or Berkey has fucking John McQuick in here, I'll fucking murder you, I swear to God. <laughs> I don't. Good. No. Fuck him. Um, all right. My number four, uh, one of my personal favorites. I just, I fucking love this guy from when I was a kid. And it's funny that I live here in Buffalo now. which should probably give it away to you. Um, but you look at his fucking stats and it's just exceptional because he only played 865 games and yet he had over a thousand points. And that's going to be Pat LaFontaine. I knew, I knew you were going there. Fucking no, 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 no. I'm literally showing you right now. Well, actually, I don't want to show you. <laughs> yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm showing it to you because. You're showing, you're showing, you're showing, but you're not showing us anything. Yeah, so I don't see right, right, right here. Wait, can, you, can you read that? It looks like you just wrote it down. 
Yeah, you just wrote that down right like, now. Oh, get out. Yeah, no. Where's, goodbye. Where's, goodbye. where's number 345? Uh, 341. Well, that's why yeah. I put those. Three, two, one. That's why I put the paper so you can where's see Where's the it? rest of them? Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Why would I show I call you shenanigans? All shenanigans. Yeah, shenanigans. I, I gave shenanigans. You I gave you five minutes to do it, and somehow still yeah. happens. Fuck you. That's what you get. That's what you get for trying to put me on the spot like that. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm sorry, Pat Lafontaine, man. That guy was fucking. I mean, he's a beast. I mean, you look at like when you look both the stats of like American all-time players, and you look at it. I mean, everyone else that has a thousand points has literally like 300 more games than him. It's like, it's pretty fucking insane. Talk about concussions, uh, uh, oh, yeah. ruining a career with him and Richter. Yeah, um, absolutely. Berkey, who's your four? Is LaFontaine as well, number four? Well, I, I guess we shouldn't even, might as well just skip mine at this point. Um, All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> because basically, right, number it's exactly what Brett said. Um, where, where do you think he'd end up if it weren't for his concussion? I mean, he he would he would be near the top of the list. I feel like in most, uh, I mean, as you said, he, he just his stats popped all all over. Um, I mean, you add another like if six if forget forget about the concussions. If he played now as opposed to playing in the nineties, oh god, you know, he, yeah, he would tear it. He would tear it up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, he he'd be he'd be battling for all time American point leader. Uh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Without his points per game is the best among American born, but. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's insane. that dude was just electric. I mean, if you got the chance to watch him play, it's it, one of those what ifs of what if he, you know, didn't have that injury. Yeah. Yep. Um. Sure. All right, number three for me, uh, is going to be Mike Madonna. Um, obviously, uh, he was kind of the first offensive superstar. Uh that was drafted number one over. I think he was the first American born player to be drafted number one overall. Right. Or he was one of the first, like I, I could be messing that up. I'm not sure. Um, I do know that he was, he was near the top of that list, uh, but being number one overall pick, obviously, and uh, kind of spearheading the offensive talent on those late nineties teams, the 96 world cup team that I mentioned uh, 99 uh, Dallas stars, uh, he's kind of like a legend in that regard. And he was just always someone that I remembered as a kid watching that he was just, he was like, I don't know. He was kind of like the showtime now, like Patrick Kane. Um, and yes, I'm tipping where I'm going with this. Uh, but he was kind of the, in that regard, uh, back in the nineties. Uh, and yeah, I know he, he was a personal favorite of mine. I was just watching him, like watching him and Mike Madonna's my number three. Good pick. Solid pick. Um, my number three is going to be the all-time uh, American no. defensive right, Bill Housley. Um, he often gets forgotten. He never got. Oh, to win a oh, cup. okay, fine. Was well, not mine. He never got to win a cup. Um, but I mean, for uh, an American board defenseman to get twelve hundred thirty-two points is pretty fucking wild. Um, I mean, he has he has more he has more points than um, than Jeremy Roenick does, or Keita Chuck, or uh, you know Pavelski, Fokassel, Chelios. You know, it's crazy as a defenseman. Uh, but because he never you know got to the promised land, and I think because the era era he played in too, that a lot of fans kind of forget about him. But I I, I want to give him a shout out because uh, he was just one of the best of all time. Uh, so yeah, my number three, Phil Housley. Berkey, number three. 
I'm done. Where is this? What the hell? Go ahead and say Brian Leach. It's fine. There's only three more names left. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know, I know, I know. And my phone is. Don't try to reorder it on the fly just to try and like outmaneuver me. You can't do it. Just say it. It's fine. Where is it? Dead air. Okay, yeah, it's Brian Leach. Whatever. It's Brian Leach. Brian Leach. It's Brian Leach. All that for that? Jeez, I know. Yeah. Brian Leach. That's it. I, I, first of all, I didn't, I didn't have housing. I, I was thinking about the other two. Try to switch him up. But anyway, um, Brian Leach um, was a monster, absolute monster. Um, I think it's fair. I know we have the conversation, oh, Adam Fox or Brian Leach. It's Brian Leach. And yeah, no, that, that's until, basically. Until, you're right. You're right. Because it's Leach is my number two. So I'll kind of uh, take the reins from here. Uh, look. Until Fox does what Leach did in the playoffs, it's it's Leach, uh, in that in that that regard, and and Leach is obviously all time. He's he's you know he's not only one of the best offensive defensemen in like U.S. born history. He's one of the best offensive defensemen ever. Um, now, obviously, Bobby Orr, you, you you throw that in over him, but like there's not many other players you could throw above him uh, in that regard, and. Yeah, I mean, Brian Leach speaks for itself. If you listen to this podcast, you know that name. You don't really need a history lesson on him. Brian Leach is my number two. Brett, your number two. My number two is a little bit weird. It's a little bit off book here. I'm kind of reaching. This is kind of a Leah Anderson sort of pick here. Uh, it's also Brian Leach. Um, yeah. It has to be Brian Leach. Uh, there's only one spot left. It couldn't be. And uh, just to add to it, not only was he one of the best offensive defensemen, but similar to Bobby Orr, because there's other people, there's other defensemen that scored a lot of points, but they didn't fucking play defense. Like Paul Coffey's a great fucking example of that. Amazing talent. But it was really like having a third winger. Like he didn't play defense. He didn't get back. Brian fucking Leach played great defense. He rarely let a man get by him. And even when he was rushing the puck and was the first one in, he was also the first guy back as well. And that's because he was a fucking phenomenal skater. Uh, Brian Leach's skating does not get as much it doesn't get talked about as much as I think it should be for how fucking good it was um, interesting little anecdote because uh, my my uncle was a trainer uh, you know for the Ranger which I've said before um, and my dad needed a pair of skates and he was visiting my uncle in New York uh, near the end of his near the end of his time there at the Rangers um, and so my uncle grabbed him a pair of skates and it was Brian Leach's backup skates. So my dad's skates when he goes out are our old CCM tax uh, uh, that were that were taken from the the back stock for Brian Leach. That's awesome. So yeah, I always I always thought that was pretty cool. Um, I wish I could fit him. My dad and Brian Leach are their feet are a little smaller than mine, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, number two, Brian Leach. Hit it up, Berkey. What do you got? All right, my number two is Mike Padano. Uh, second all time in points and Brett Holt doesn't count. So what are y'all's first then? What the fuck? Oh, you're all going with fucking Patty King. Fuck that. God damn. Well, I, I was, I was debating it. I, I was debating it and I didn't think you'd put Patty King first. So no, I didn't put him on my list at all. Just fuck Patty King. All right. All right Cause you didn't, you didn't put any current. Yeah. Well, I didn't that, put that's uh, and that also backfired. But anyway, yeah. Mike Badano second <laughs> in points, you know, as, as look, as you mentioned before, um was one of the first yeah first overall americans and uh yeah it just speaks for itself 
Um, I mean, since you're blowing up my number one, Patrick Kane, a uh, little little fanfare here, Patrick Kane. Uh, I mean, the guy has just been absolutely electric since he came into the league. Uh, you know, three time Cup winner, MVP, Conn Smythe. I mean, the guy's done it all. Uh, silver medal in in 2010. Uh, game winning goal in the finals against Philly. He, uh, you know, single handedly knocked Philly out of the finals in that with that shot. Um, so I think we all like him for that at least. Uh, but yeah, for me, number one, Patrick Kane, it's been that way for a few years now. Uh, you know, I think he overtook Leach. My dad would freak out if anyone said anyone, but Leach is the number one born American player ever. Uh, but I'm going to say Patrick Kane and Brett, you're number one. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Kane, I'm not going to actually argue against Yeah, him. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, obviously it's a little different going from forward defenseman. So I would agree with your dad more uh, that Brian Leach is a more complete player and whatnot and all that. But yeah, it's totally fine to pick him. I don't mind that. Uh, my number one, you both already said is Mike Madonna. Uh, you know, I, I got to see him play a fair amount. Oh, so it was good uh, that I switched. I guess it's fine. I mean, you look at look a copy mine anyway, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, he copied. There's no copying going on here. There's no we we don't we're not sitting in a classroom looking over each other's tests, you know, like with our shoulders crossed. Like, no, get out of here. No, it's fine. It's fine. That never even really helped. You just like ended up reading like half of the person's answer. And then the teacher's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then you start scribbling down Pat LaFontaine quickly to try and prove that he was your that he was your fourth as well. But Whatever. I should really just take a picture of it before every episode. It's fine. But anyway, 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 yeah. Mike Mike Madonna. Mike Madonna. uh, I mean, everything you said about Patty Kane, I feel like you could say about Mike Madonna as well. He was just that kind of player where he could take over games. Um, It's just an absolute supreme talent. I remember, I remember, I think he was the first player I ever saw like do like a 360 shot, you know, where he just like spun all the shot. And that shit like blew my fucking mind. I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, I mean, imagine just, imagine like, what a player like him would be able to do with like the sticks they use now. Oh my god, the sticks they use now, and also he was Mike Madonna was headhunted like crazy. Yeah. Players did not like how he played, and they ran him. That guy. Yeah. I mean, I saw people fucking take fucking just hacks to his fucking ankles, fucking slew footing, elbows to the head. The fact that that guy actually played 1,500 games is a fucking miracle. He is a beast because he took a beating. He was a target um, in a league in an era that was very rough. And so it's very admirable. And the last thing I want to say about Mike Madonna is that he knew how to give up props to Gordon Bombay, too. So you got to respect him. Goddamn right. So my number one, Mike Madonna. Berkey, what do you got? Oh, yeah. No, my uh, number one is Patrick Kane, three cups, first overall. And, again, he was – Right out of the gate. Incredible. Um, obviously, back nine of his career now. Uh, whatever it is off the ice. On the ice, um, the number one American Marlboro, oh, number one American player in the NHL. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, if you got some names on there that might pop in at some point, like Kachuk, uh, if he continues to have a historic playoff run this year um, and the rest of his career. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. That. With guys like Matthews, I'm just like I'll do Kane because it's already the back nine of the career. But like, yeah, then uh, maybe it could they could, but yeah, 
they're not. Yeah, I know. I'm um, oh, okay. Fox could join that as well for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Are you sure right. we don't want to end it with my off air stir the pot? Yeah, no, no, we're we're good. We're good. We're good. We're gonna end it off here. Um, we're awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next time.